Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Pretty sad day in our Rugby League history today with the passing of Rugby League immortal Johnny Raper. Uh, One of the best players our game has ever seen. I personally think, and you know, a lot of good judges that saw him play and watched his career play out, you know, often is said that he is the most complete footballer Rugby League has ever seen. And it's pretty hard to argue with. Uh, one of the original immortals in 1981, Johnny Raper, he made his debut for the Newtown uh, Blue Bags. They were called back then in 1957. He played there in 57 and 58. Only played about 12-odd first-grade games there. Uh, and then he moved to St. George in 1959. And it just starts... An unbelievable run for him. He plays 11 seasons at St. George. This, of course, isn't the St. George Illawarra Dragons. This is just the St. George Dragons. He plays 11 seasons there, and he wins eight premierships. Now, those eight premierships also came as eight premierships in a row, which is pretty damn incredible. I believe it was 1959 through till 1966, which is unbelievable. Eight premierships in a row. He's often regarded as the greatest lock forward rugby league has ever seen. And, you know, it's one of those guys that even myself, I sort of forget about him at times when I'm talking about lock forwards, obviously because I didn't grow up uh, with this guy. But some of... Some of the finest judges that are a little bit older that, you know, that I respect their opinion a lot talk about him as potentially the greatest player ever. Uh, He's obviously put next to Graham Langlands, Churchill as the greatest player ever. And many people have him as, you know, their number one. And, I mean, when you have a look at Rugby League Week, they named their top 100 players a couple of years ago of all time. Uh, Johnny Raper came in at number two. So pretty impressive, even more impressive to consider. He wasn't a halfback. He wasn't a 5'8". You know, he wasn't one of your spine players. He was a lock forward. And the lock forward position is much more important in rugby league now than it has been over the last few years. But 
the role that lock forward is now and how important it is, this is kind of what the lock forward role was like uh, back in Johnny Raper's day. It was a critical position. It was just for the most natural footballer on the field, essentially. And Johnny Raper, he was the most natural footballer on every single field that he ever stepped on, realistically. A guy that had one of the best defensive tackling techniques you've ever seen. Go and have a look at it on YouTube. There's a couple of tapes here. You can watch it. He was incredible. This is in the days before, you know, there was 25 offloads a game. You could tackle low. The way that you were taught to tackle when you were six years old, that was the technique that Johnny Raper absolutely mastered, getting under the rib cage, wrapping the legs, taking them to ground. It obviously was a different time. There's no doubt about that. But based on the time period that Johnny Raper played, he was the best defensive player in rugby league at that point. So pretty impressive. He was also incredible with the ball in hand. The instincts that he had and the skill set that he had is rivaled by very few in rugby league history ever. As I said a couple of minutes ago, the lock forward position now uh, is very important. Back then, I would say it was even more important because it just was your best footballer on the field. You were a second front rower, a second second rower, you were a second halfback, you were a second 5'8", you were a support man playing fullback. You were doing absolutely everything. And this guy, he epitomized what that position was all about. As I said, some of the greatest minds that have watched rugby league consider him to be at the very, very top of the players. He's, he's widely considered as the greatest forward ever. There's an argument for Artie Beats, and when he came along, um, you know, I hear people, you know, talk about Taumalolo, these sort of guys. Bradley Clyde can be thrown in there. Glenn Lazarus. Uh, for a long, long time, it was widely considered that this guy was by far and away the best forward rugby league has ever seen. He was a guy that could slip into a number of other positions too, and he would still be the best player on the field. One of those eight grand finals, he slipped into 5'8 and dominated in that one too. So a very rare sort of guy to come along in our game and a guy that when I look at his highlights, you know, the few of them that are around, the way that he defended, the way that he attacked, he was also well known for his cover defense. Uh, widely considered, you know, al along with Steve Mortimer and a couple of other guys, as probably the greatest um, cover defender we've ever seen. So attacking in the middle, sensing when the ball's going to get on the outside, where the hole's going to be, and putting himself there, tracking behind the line, uh, which, I mean, if you can imagine having the best cover defender the game has ever seen in your team, imagine the amount of tries you're going to stop. Imagine the amount of momentum you're going to stop just knowing that Johnny Raper is going to be floating around there doing a job. Just incredible to think about. He's also a guy that his personality was unbelievable. He he was he would be very suited to the modern game, like with social media and stuff. He would be one of the more popular guys. Uh, it's often been said that if Johnny Raper wasn't as good as he was, some of his off-field stuff probably would have got him in trouble. A bit like Joey Johns, but because he was so good, the larrikin that he was off the field, it was sort of allowed to let slide. Now... Johnny Raper, he did bring out a book a number of years ago, and it was called uh, The Man in the Bowler Hat. And this one is a legendary story in rugby league. Part of you know rugby league folklore has been for a very long time. He named his book after this story, and I believe it comes from the 1967 Kangaroo Tour. And obviously, Kangaroo Tour was then were a very, very big deal. You would get 30 or 40 of the best rugby league players in the country. They would go over to England. It would be a huge time on the field. But reportedly, 
it was an even bigger time off the field for these guys. And there are stories from the town they were staying in in England where hotel rooms were just about turned upside down. They probably even weren't hotel rooms. Sorry, they were probably like just places to stay or whatever. But they caused an absolute heap of mischief. There's a number of fantastic stories that come from this period of time. One in particular is the man in the bowler hat. And this was reportedly a, a kangaroo forward was seen for many a, for many a times during this tour walking around the town in nothing but a hat a bowler hat and a tie completely stark as walking around very very rugby league areas even 55 60 years ago and for a long time Johnny Raper joked that it was him and that was the rumor that circulated uh, when he actually became a selector for the kangaroos side I believe as the story goes you can do your own research on this one but as the story goes Raper sort of thought oh it's probably not a great look that this is the thing that's attached to me obviously as I said he was an off-field larrikin but he was good enough on the field to get away with that sort of stuff very similar to Joey Johns uh, it actually turned out that he admitted it was another guy but he played off the back of this joke for 30-odd years or something. Simply incredible. Obviously, he was one of the four original Immortals. I believe they were announced in 1981. So he was a shit-in there with those four. Uh, A champion player. And the other thing about Johnny Raper is that he was well-known for being one of the hardest trainers we've ever seen. His training regime was considered just out of this world at the time and he was incredibly fit he was a guy that would play the full 80 minutes every single game he wasn't the biggest guy on the field he wasn't the strongest guy on the field he was always the fittest and he just had ticker and that combination of ticker skill set uh, vision, it is just lethal. And, you know, vision with the ball, for sure, played a huge role in his career. He's one of the best ball players we have ever seen. There's not many guys that could rival him, especially in the time he was playing, the balls they were playing with, and just how tough the game was. But as I said, he was a great cover defender as well, and that's where vision really plays a role. You watch some of those cover defending tackles, and you just think to yourself, how on earth did he get there? Because you're watching the first frame, He's defending it like an A or B sort of role. He's even a marker at times. And then you see them, you know, the the inside or the outside center go through it as, as they used to be used. And all of a sudden, Johnny Raper would pop up after five or six meters and make that tackle. So vision and instinct helped him with the ball, but also helped him incredibly off the ball as well. And you can't coach those sort of things. You can't teach them. Johnny Raper just had it. As we said, he was a bit of a larrikin and this whole bowler hat thing, this went on for a very long time in rugby league. It's part of folklore. There's another yarn about him that when he first came into first grade, he was actually meant to play for Canterbury and the way that it used to work back then was a bit like junior rugby league. You would literally put down your address where you lived and you would be sent to that team to represent them in a loose sort of way and as it turns out, uh, Johnny Raper actually put down a fake address because he wanted to play for the Blue Bags, you know, now known as the Newtown Jets. They would change their name a number of years later, but he wanted to play for Newtown, so he put down a fake address uh, on his documents, and he ended up playing for Newtown instead of Canterbury. So, you know, a really interesting turn of events there. If you, you know, if Canterbury would have got him early and would have managed to keep him there his entire career, I mean, you can probably add a couple of premierships to the list of the Canterbury Bulldogs, or I believe they were still called the Berries then, actually. Uh, so, a little bit of history there. As we said, a little bit of a larrikin. There's a lot of off-field things that happen that if he wasn't Johnny Raper, he probably doesn't get away with them. But when you're that good on the field in rugby league, like we still see in the modern day, you tend to get away with little things here and there. You look at your Cam Munsters, your Brandon Smith, your Andrew Johns, these sort of fellas, you know, numerous rumors about stuff that Freddie and Lockie got up to. But 
they were so good that people were able to cover those little things. Johnny Ray, but just an incredible player. As I said as well, going back to his training regime, like he was considered so far ahead of his time when we look back on it. And the sort of training that he was doing, the intensity he was training with, is probably more similar to the training the guys are doing now rather than what the guys were doing 50-odd years ago. So for me, I think there's a fair argument the way that he played, the way that he trained, the way that he was the you know, the main guy in every change room. He would gather guys around him. They would want to follow him. He really was, you know, half a century ahead of his time, Johnny Raper. An absolute legend of our game, an immortal forever. There is no higher honour in rugby league, obviously. But there's a lot more to Johnny Raper than I think what people know. Obviously, he was around a long time ago, so very hard to get a true grasp as a young fella of the sort of guy he was. But widely considered as probably a top three player of all time, there's an argument there. He's the best player of all time. I think there's a hard argument to push back on that he's the most complete player of all time. There might have been better guys in Langlands, in Clive Churchill, but for example, Johnny Raper, a 10 times better defender than a Clive Churchill. So as an all-round player, as a complete player, I think there's a really fair argument he could have been one of the greatest ever. Obviously, the game has changed. It is more modern now. Athletes are completely different to when Johnny Raper was playing. I know you can put that argument out there, but I think if you compare when Johnny Raper was playing, the level he was playing at compared to everyone else around him. It's pretty damn impressive what he achieved, winning eight premierships in a row as well. I mean, I wonder if the Dragons have that much success during that period when they won 11 in a row, if Johnny Raper wasn't part of their system. A really interesting one to look back on. He captained his state, New South Wales. He captained his country, the Kangaroos. And he was just one of those guys that right now, if he was in our game, social media would absolutely lap him up because he was one of those fellas. Everyone you talk to that's had anything to do with Johnny Raper, they hold him in the highest regard as a player, but also as a bloke as well. So a very sad day in rugby league history for us today. I hope I was able to give you a little bit of an insight into Johnny Raper. And if you have got grandparents or anything or grandfather, whatever, that was alive when Johnny Raper was playing, take this opportunity to have a conversation with them and talk about their memories. I know it's something that I'll definitely be doing because, you know, when he was made an immortal in 1981, the game had been around for 70, 80 odd years and there was only four blokes chosen as the greatest of all time. He was one of them. And to this day, what he achieved, it still stands up compared to a lot of players in rugby league, all players in rugby league, I should say. Sorry. I mean, potentially... We've lost the greatest player that has ever played our game today. I wish he played a little bit later so he had a bit more tape in colour and everything. would have been very, very interesting to watch more of him. Unfortunately, it is the reality of time and it is the reality of rugby league that we don't have as much as we would have liked with Johnny Raper. But we know he truly was something special and it is a very sad day in rugby league because we've lost one of, if not, our greatest ever. 